Welcome to episode 62 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we are looking at Season 3, Episode 11, Revelations. Original air date was December 15th, 1995. The introductory or the pre-credits teaser takes place in Pennsylvania, and most of the episode then moves to Ohio. IMDb user score was 7.4 out of 10. This episode marks the last time David Nutter directed an episode of The X-Files. He felt that on the one hand he wanted to be protective of a show that he was there on from the beginning, or close to the beginning in his case, starting with episode 8. On the other hand, he looked at guys like Kim Manners and others that were coming in with passion and drive and figured the series was in good hands. Now, Nutter would work with Chris Carter again, particularly on Millennium, which is another show that Chris Carter created, but we'll talk more about that at the tail end of this podcast. This was written by Kim Newton, who wrote two episodes of The X-Files, both in this season. The second is coming, so this is Kim Newton's first episode of the series. Just to do a quick rundown of the rest of the cast before we get into the plot synopsis and what it's about, the pre-credits teaser opens with a priest who shows signs of stigmata. That priest is played by R. Lee Ermey, who's probably best known for Full Metal Jacket, Seven, and the Toy Story series. Now, that character is killed off almost immediately by a character played by Kenneth Walsh, whose name was Gates. He was also known for his work in Day After Tomorrow, The Aviator, Exorcism of Emily Rose, and Legends of the Fall. Now, Mulder and Scully get brought in on this because it appears to be almost a supernatural killing. He was burned, he was showing stigmata beforehand. It doesn't take long for them to prove that this guy was a fake. But Mulder has been noting international crimes where people who show signs of stigmata have been killed. He's the 11th so far, and scriptures apparently say that there'll be 12 people exhibiting stigmata at any given time to represent the 12 apostles. We cut from there to Ohio, where we see a boy named Kevin, played by an actor named Kevin Ziggers, best known for Dawn of the Dead, Wrong Turn, Gossip Girl, and possibly best known for his role as the star character in the Air Bud franchise, or possibly the second star behind the dog itself. And he starts bleeding from the hands right in front of his classroom. We learn that he's exhibited the signs of stigmata before. Mulder and Skull get called in because it fits the APB that has been released that the teacher's aware of. and he is quickly kidnapped from custody. And he's been put in custody to protect him because when you see signs like this, the immediate concern is possible abuse from family members. First, his father was a suspect and is now institutionalized, and now his mother is a suspect. He is kidnapped from that place. Uh, We later learn it's by Owen, the family gardener. He's played by Michael Berryman, who's got one of those distinctive faces that you'd recognize as soon as you see him. He has appeared in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, The Devil's Rejects, and Weird Science, amongst a lot of others. And he feels that he has been selected by God to help protect Kevin. But he's not the main protector, he just knows that there are forces out to get him and he's not going to let that happen. Muller and Scully visit Kevin's parents. Sam Bottoms plays Kevin's father, known for Apocalypse Now, Outlaw Josie Wales, Last Picture Show, and Seabiscuit. While Haley Tyson plays his mother, who's been in a lot of small roles including Germ Girl, Ernest in the Army, Peeping Tom. We also have appearances by Leslie Ewan in her third of four X-Files appearances. She's also known for Case 39, Look Who's Talking To, Bird on a Wire, and The Crush. Filvio Sequeira in his second of two appearances, this time as a priest. He was a soldier in Little Green Men. He's probably best known for Watchmen, Age of Adeline, Resident Evil Afterlife, and Cinderella Man. 
And rounding out the cast, we have Nicole Robert, who's also appeared in MacGyver, Final Destination, Pledge, Saving Silverman, and Deadly Do-Right. She plays Kevin's teacher. So we see a few things here. Kevin's father, who's been institutionalized, makes a few comments that are more meaningful to Scully than they are to Mulder. And this time she gets those instinctive hunches that puts her on the correct path to save Kevin's life in the course of the investigation after he's captured by Gates. For a lot of this, it's really an exploration of Scully, more than it is a plot-centric episode or even anything that contributes to the larger mythos. This is here, and it was debated by a lot of fans when it came out because of Scully's devotion to her belief. A lot of people question that, partly because of her scientific background and partly just because up to this point, she's been the skeptical character who needs hard evidence to bleed something, and Mulder's been the believer. They decided in the writer's room after a lengthy debate that because Scully up to this point has been the surrogate for the audience, they wanted her to continue in that role, and Christians outnumber atheists, at least in the United States and Canada, so they gave Scully the more popular belief and kept her a Christian, a fairly devoted Christian. Although this does end with her debating that faith and wondering, well... You know, is she seeing what she wants to see rather than what's actually there? Because Mulder's usually the one who believes what he sees and and ultimately leaves the question open, is God speaking and no one's listening? So there's some nice ideas here and we get a good exploration of Scully. It's nice to see her being the action hero to step in at the end and save Kevin's life. But as I said before, it doesn't really contribute a lot to the larger picture. So I also said earlier in this episode that we'd be coming back to Millennium later in the podcast. Millennium was a show created by Chris Carter that lasted for three seasons that was conceived as an independent entity that would not interact with the X-Files whatsoever. Millennium was cancelled after three seasons when they had more story to tell, and Chris Carter chose to use a crossover with the X-Files to wrap up the ongoing story in that series. So that episode, titled Millennium, is coming up in Season 7. The original Millennium series ran concurrent with Seasons 4, 5, and 6. To this point, I've only seen the pilot of Millennium and the crossover episode into the X-Files, and I hadn't really considered doing Millennium episodes as part of this podcast, aside from that final crossover that wrapped up the original stories. Well, when I was Christmas shopping this year, I stumbled upon the complete series box for 30 bucks, and figured I'd go for it. So that's a question now for you guys. Because of that Millennium crossover, should I cover just the X-Files crossover episode? Because those first three seasons of Millennium were intended to be and were written as a separate entity? Or should I cover the Millennium episodes as part of this podcast in the alternate weeks? Although, to be perfectly honest, for the amount of time the podcast take, both this and my other podcasts, doing that would probably mean putting a little more space between the regular episodes of this X-Files podcast. Or do I simply do a Millennium podcast as a separate entity, likely after this one finishes? So I'm going to open that up for a listener poll, what we deal with with the Millennium content whether we space out the X-Files episodes and do it as part of this one, space out the X-Files episodes and do it as a separate feed that's running concurrently. So the X-Files would become monthly, Millennium would become monthly, and they'd go bi-weekly in that respect, or just do the Millennium series finale as it comes out, with the possible option of doing a Millennium episode-by-episode podcast as a discovery podcast by a first-time viewer once this is done. So please send your opinions on that to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com. And we'll leave that poll open for a while. We don't really have to come to a decision until Season 4 starts. But I'd like to get some feedback in early on so I can plan if I need to. 
In the meantime, please feel free to rate this and any other shows you listen to through iTunes or Stitcher, whatever podcatcher you use. It really does help the shows get noticed. Share links with friends who you think may enjoy it. And finally, thank you for listening. Intro and outro music is Outside Poolside by Laswell, created under the Creative Commons license. All other content copyright 2015, Bureau 42. Please feel free to send any comments or feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com or leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you for listening.